Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking Bellator 192, Douglas Lima versus Rory McDonald and Shaq. This is the best welterweight title fight uh, probably all year because, you know, Woodley's been uh, putting everyone to sleep. Let's put it this way. The best welterweight in the world is fighting um, on Paramount Network. Just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. But, look, let's break down this whole card, start to finish, the main card. You know, it's not often we do a Bellator event, but uh, in this situation, we will. Going to give back to the fans because Bellator did deliver with a really good fight. It's interesting. They always make questionable decisions. In this case, Shaq, it wasn't the card that they put on. It was putting it on simultaneously to UFC 220 when Francis Ngannou is about to fight Stipe Miocic. But we already know the kind of questionable choices that Bellator is known for making and uh it's not our job to talk about that it's just our job to break down this card and let's go ahead and do that because we got Aaron Pico he's minus 720 the comeback on Shane Crutchin is plus 510 now Shaq it's not often you see a one-in-one guy a 500 fighter as a minus 720 favorite over a 12 and 3 fighter but there's a reason why I mean you know the deal here. They're bringing in this kid, Shane Crutchin, to lose. They want Aaron Pico to be their next superstar. and uh, But never forget the time that that school teacher uh, knocked out and choked out Aaron Pico in under a minute. Have you have you forgotten about that, Shaq? Yeah, I haven't forgotten about that um, when he was like, how much of a favorite? A minus a thousand? Something like that. It was, it was more than that, but it was it was ridiculous. And the kids got two fights. Um, now the Shane Crutchin kid, it's not really about the fight. It's about the lead up to the fight. We know this is Bellator. We know the type of backstage moves they like to pull back behind, uh, behind the scenes. And it's a matter if he can deal with all the bullshit fight week that leads up into fighting Pico. Now, as far as the fight goes, I don't think Pico should. I mean... They're bringing in these guys off the local scene that will, you know, take these dives for him. And and most likely the Shane Crutchin kid will be. But if it's a real fight, then make no mistake about it. Crutchin can win. The kid's only got two fights, you know. granted, Two losses. I'm talking about... uh, Oh, Pico, yeah. Pico. The kid's only got two fights. So he's still in the developing stages of MMA. He's still learning um, how to react to certain things. He hasn't seen anything, really. Um, But he has been in there with two guys with a running record under big light. So... He's the more experienced guy in terms of Bellator, but in terms of fight experience, I mean, Crushin has every experience advantage you could possibly have in this fight. So I will take Pico just because, you know, they're bringing in the kid to get smashed on real quick, but don't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, look, Crutchin, uh two of his three losses are against Gerald Mershart, who's a UFC middleweight. And Luke Zakarich, who's a former UFC middleweight, but we know the deal here. He's being brought in to lose, so it's going to have to be a fluke like that school teacher knocking out Pico for Crutchin to win this fight, most likely. So I'm going to go with Pico just because we, we know the narrative here. Uh, you, know, you know the ref's got an earpiece in that fight, so yeah. But this one is going to be a real fight. We got Georgie Karakani, and he's minus 115. And Henry Corrales is minus 105. Now, Henry Corrales came through for us as a plus 180 dog versus Noad Lahat. But this is a big step up in competition against a guy in Georgie Karakanian who finished Lance Palmer, who's been in there with everyone. He's been in there with Emmanuel Sanchez. So uh, you think uh, Henry Corrales is going to make it three wins in a row here in, uh, in Bellator? You know, when you say big step up in competition... I, I think it used to be, you know what I'm saying? I think uh, the amount of uh, damage that Georgie's been taking in these fights, when we talk about the Pat Curran fight, Pat, Pat Curran honestly took it easy on him, and he still got his ass beat. And then um, 
the Emmanuel Sanchez fight where, you know, he was trying to find ways out the fight, and, you know, he got his ass beat in that fight. Um, uh, who did he just fight recently? Oh, yeah, the Daniel Pineda fight. I mean, Pineda was beating him in everything, um, especially the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu, and Georgie's a black belt. So, and, you know, like we said before, Daniel Strauss fought Emmanuel Sanchez. You got to keep an eye out for Flavar X. It's called the Flavar X fate. You know, Georgie's one of these guys that's sponsored by uh, Flavar X. And let's just say pen life is amazing. You know what I'm saying, bro? I mean, we can attest to that. And fighting Henry, Henry Corrales in the midst of pen life can be very dangerous because I'll tell you the type of guy Henry Corrales is. The guy's first three Bellator fights were Daniel Strauss, Emmanuel Sanchez, and Patricio Pippo, the three best featherweights in Bellator. And, I mean, talk about tough road. Then, you know, he gets an easy fight against Cody Bollinger, and then we cash him plus 180 against Nawad, who, in my opinion, at this stage, might be a tougher fight than Georgie. I mean, tell me the last time Georgie looked good against someone real. I guess the Bubba Jenkins fight, and we saw you that. You said kid. someone real. Exactly, and we saw the kick that Bubba Jenkins. You said said. someone real. (laughs) (laughs) The last time he looked good against someone real was Lance Palmer 100 years ago. So, you know what I'm saying? I I feel like Rick Glenn ended this guy. It hasn't been the same since. Um, Granted, he's been able to pick up a couple wins here and there in little spots, but I think Corrales is on the way up. I think Georgie's on the way out, and I think Corrales is going to bludgeon him in uh, ugly war where there's going to be a lot of blood and Corrales loves that type of shit because Corrales is fresh. Corrales is still on the upswing. Corrales still has aspirations. That's where Georgie is looking to fight for a couple bucks. Georgie knows he ain't going to be Bellator champ. And come on, you know, I got Corrales here. Yeah, I got Corrales as well here. You know, when we talk about that Flavor X fade, you know, people need to understand that, uh, Smoking weed these days, you don't smoke anymore. Now, now you hit that vape pen, and this concentrated weed is some of the strongest shit you've ever had in your life. And look, it's one thing to be about that pen life when you're watching tape capping fights, but but if if you're about that pen life, you got that sponsorship. They're sending you all those cartridges, and you're supposed to and you're supposed to fight a grown man inside of a cage, and you know that he ain't on that. Like, bro, it's got to slow you down, and it has slowed them down. I mean, we've seen. Georgie Karakani in his last few fights, he's a complete shell of himself. We saw Daniel Strauss, who's also a FlavRx uh, sponsored fighter, the way he's been looking in all these fights, man. It just ain't the same no more. You have to fade anyone that's got that FlavRx sponsorship. And uh, look, FlavRx, if you want to hook us up, we ain't stepping inside that cage. We'll make the best use of it. But for the dudes that actually step inside it, yeah, I'm sure it'll help you heal. But uh, this ain't it, is, it ain't just smoking weed no more, man. This is a different level. This is they smoke one hit and they're passed out on their couches, not showing up to training you know you know what i'm saying Shaq. so look i think georgie's gonna have a very lackadaisical performance here just like he did against pineda you know people just look at the record they see oh he beat pineda by second round tko no he fucking didn't he got his ass kicked for 10 straight rounds and pineda who's you know had a million fights who has so much scar tissue he happened to be bleeding a little bit and you know the ref stopped it and called it a cut stoppage win for georgie karakainen which we all know is the biggest bullshit that we've ever seen in our lives and uh I think Corrales is one of these guys. He's a bruiser. He's a brawler, like a Neto BJJ. You know, he just likes to come in there, have a nice Mexican fight with you. And uh, if you're not there mentally to have a Mexican fight with a guy like Henry. And you see, you hear the dog barking. Whenever the dog barks when we're talking about an underdog, that's when you know the dog is live as fuck. And, uh. If you try to have a Mexican brawl with a guy like Henry Corrales, you're in big trouble. I think Georgie slowed down such a big step that he's not going to be able to win this fight. He has to be able to lay on Corrales to win. We saw Corrales has a beautiful get-up game. Nice butterfly sweep. Nice underhook. He's going to get back up to his feet. I think he's going to win a decision here. I got Henry Corrales for the victory.
Now, next up, we got a lightweight bout between the former champion, Michael Chandler. He's minus 290, and the comeback on Goiti Yamauchi is plus 245. Now, Goiti Yamauchi, man, he's very experienced. He's only 25 years old. He lost to Bubba Jenkins, but he's been killing dudes lately. You think he's going to finally put it all together and get the biggest win of his career against Michael Chandler? You know, um, Chandler's one of these guys that you heard me say in the past that, you know, occasionally you need to have some action against him because I felt like, you know, in the Will Brooks stage of his career that he was taking a lot of damage in fights. Even in the Benson fight, he took a lot of damage. Um, he gives up his back a lot. Um, we saw in the premise fight that his leg went out um, due to a low kick. Like, I feel like that's not that surprising because I feel like he's always been a guy that probably behind the scenes in the gym trains super hard, overtrains, and that's why you've seen him get hit by Will Brooks and not know where he's at. That's why you've seen him, you know, take a lot of damage against Eddie or... Really? Sorry to interrupt. What's worse, losing to Will Brooks or losing to Bubba Jenkins? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when Gordy Amucci, the thing is, I feel like he has more of an excuse because Gordy Amucci is only 23 years old. Hey, the dog's barking, so uh, Goiti is a live underdog. <laughs> and uh, he's 23 years old, and I feel like he's made the improvements in his game, as we saw in his last fight against Piccolotti. And Piccolotti was supposed to be, you know, the future lightweight champion of Bellator. And Goiti put a quick end to that, and he obviously changed Piccolotti uh, in the long haul because <laughs> Piccolotti, I heard, got his ass beat his, his, his last fight. And... um so, you know, I think uh, it's just a matter of Goiti can capitalize on the openings because, look, we know the type of fighter Chandler is. Chandler comes out guns fucking blazing round one, and it's a lot to deal with. I'm not going to lie. Like, Chandler first round is right up there with... Uh, Don't say Benil. It's up there with Benil. <laughs> I'll tell you, if they had a... If him and Benil... Like, he can go head-to-head with Benil in that first Only round. Only in the first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... I think he uh, his first-round game is fucking amazing. I mean, the guy fucking can crack. The thing is, generally after that first round, he's gassed out. And now he's eating unnecessary shots, and now he's getting his back taken. Generally, he's got the heart to prevail through those and scrape, scrape out decisions. But if... Don't be shocked when guys capitalize on it. Like, like I said, I feel like he's a young, he's a younger guy, but I feel like his body has taken a lot of damage and wear and tear over the years, and uh, it's shown in his fights. But uh, I think Chandler will scrape out a decision. Um, you know, his, he's only got one more fight on his contract after this. He's trying to, he's trying to fight Goiti. Um, he's trying to get his title shot against Premise, and we'll see if he wins that. But uh, then he's trying to come to the UFC and swim, swim with the big boys. So we'll see what he's made of. And, man, if Chandler tries to come to the UFC and they give him a top 15 guy, he's going to get blown out the water. Let's put it this way. The motherfucker can't even beat Will Brooks. Not only can he not beat Will Brooks, he got finished by Will Brooks. He got hit by a punch and started, uh, you know, started reading the newspaper, man. So, you know, I don't think Chandler's all that at all. I think he might have been back when he fought Alvarez the first time. And, look, Goiti Yamauchi, I know he lost to Bubba Jenkins. But the kid's only 25 years old, and. Three or four. No, he's 25, I think. And I'll pizza bet you on that if you want. But uh, based on our history, I know you don't want to take that bet. <laughs> but listen, man. I know Brent Primus went out there, calf kick Michael Chandler. People try to act like that was some kind of fluke. That wasn't no fucking fluke. If you've ever been hit with a calf kick, you know that shit. It only takes one or two for you to not be able to be walking no more. And uh, I can speak firsthand on that experience. Not to act like I'm some tough guy, but, you know, I do get my ass kicked on a regular basis by real dudes. So those calf kicks are very, very serious. And uh, 
Who knows if his legs recovered? I know he wanted this fight because he thinks it's going to be an easy fight. But the thing is, Yamauchi's got some very heavy kicks. He's been evolving his style. And he takes your back. It could be a game, set, and match. I think this is the last fight on Chandler's contract or the second to last fight on his contract, bottom line. And uh, you know what, Shaq? Even though Chandler should totally come in here and scrape this, I'm going to go with the fucking upset. I'm going to go with Koichi Yamauchi. I think it's going to be a very sneaky upset. I think he kicks faster than Primus. I think he kicks harder than Primus. I think he knows that... Chandler has a weakness to the calf kicks. I think he's going to capitalize. I think he's going to go in there. And uh, I think he's going to beat uh, Michael Chandler. And, you know, Michael coming to the UFC, those those plans are going to get ruined. So uh, we'll, we'll see what really happens, though. You know what I'm saying? It's fun to talk, but we'll see what actually happens. But here, here it ain't fun to talk. Here I got a real prediction because we got Rory McDonald. He's minus 230. And the champ Douglas Lima, the champ Shaq, is plus 190. They're disrespecting our boy like that what, what do you think about that Shaq? um it's not it's, i'm not surprised i'm not surprised at all i mean douglas doesn't get a lot of respect he was plus 170 against lorenz larkin who was an habitual 500 fighter in the ufc people thought lorenz was gonna steamroll him and uh he didn't steamroll shit and douglas put that boy in his place quick um even though lorenz is still you know a top fighter douglas went five rounds proved that he can go five rounds and control the fight um, and, I mean, we've seen what's going on with Lorenz right now. He's on the verge of losing three in a row. Um, he Hopefully he beats uh, Fernando. <laughs> now I see why the UFC didn't want to offer him a big deal because my boy Sean Shelby knows what's up. Shelby knows when it's time. And uh, he also let go of another guy fighting Douglas Lima, Rory McDonald. They also chose not to resign uh resigned uh rory and you know he can say whatever he wants that he came to bellator but between you and me they knew it, it was you know it's funny bellator's fucking him not too <laughs> <laughs> he thought the grass was gonna yeah. be greener on the other side and uh you know, it wasn't it, 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 you know what i'm saying he can get sponsored by his cryptocurrency business and whatnot and that's and that's nice but as far as the fight goes i think douglas lima is possibly the best welterweight in the world and i honestly can say that because I've always told you, between you and me, that I thought Andre Korshkov was fucking top five welterweight in the world, even if he came to the UFC. And my boy Douglas, you know, the first fight he was injured, but he showed in the rematch. I mean, you saw the type of fear that he put in Korshkov when those calf kicks landed. And I think there's gonna, it's not going to be anything different. I feel like he does have the takedown defense to uh, put fear in Rory early. The second that he sprawls on that first one or butterfly sweeps him and Rory realizes that he's going to have to stand with this kid, and I think uh, Douglas will win every single stand-up exchange. His jab's too powerful. His straight right's too powerful. His calf kicks. His left hook. He's been catching everyone with that left hook. He caught Andre. He caught Paul. He caught Lorenz, and I think uh, Rory's going to be in big trouble, you know? Everyone has a plan until they get hit, and I honestly think Douglas has been fighting the tougher competition recently. I mean, his last fight was against Paul Daly. Don't forget that Douglas schooled Paul Daly, dominated Paul Daly with ease. Beat him on the feet. Beat him on the mat it was it was no problem for uh douglas so um it's a matter of you know people on rory think that he can consistently take douglas down for five rounds i don't think so i think that uh douglas is coming in the best shape of his life i think that he's uh way bigger than rory i mean the guy walks around at 210 pounds and i think like i said he honestly might be the best welterweight on the planet i think he's got that type of skills right now and potential for more so i got douglas Lima. And I got Douglas Lima as well, man. You know, people 
often underestimate the force Douglas Lima brings to the table. When he lands on someone, people feel it. You don't just make Andre Koroshkov limp to a kick. You don't just put the fear in Andre Koroshkov's eyes. No one's ever done that. And he did that to Koroshkov twice. Now, people are going to say, but what? But Koroshkov beat him the first time. Yeah. Don't you don't understand. Koroshkov fought like a, you know what I'm saying? He fought like a, he didn't fight like he himself. Fought like a cat. <laughs> he didn't fight like himself the first time there was a reason he wanted nothing to do with douglas but douglas was injured he couldn't do shit but then they rematch and uh, you saw who the real champ was that time when he went out there and knocked him out and prior to the knockout with that le- with that beautiful right uppercut left hook combo which he also dropped lorenz larkin with by the way he was busting him up with those calf kicks andre was limping and then you see a great striker like lorenz who you know just beat neil magny just beat jorge masvidal and lorenzo was never been the same ever since let's just put it that way my man so uh you know rory uh, a couple years back he was talking about how in that robbie lawler fight which let me remind you his one opportunity to become a world champion one round away five minutes away one round away apparently look in my book uh he was losing the fight but but according to the judges he was was up three one (laughs) And uh, all he had to do was, you know, just run away that last round. He takes one punch to the nose. And, uh, you know, you can say, oh, it was the accumulation. And it was the accumulation. But there, tougher guys would have stayed in there. And, and that's just the bottom line. He didn't really want that belt that bad. And now, you know, then he takes the Wonder Boy fight and gets completely owned for five rounds. And then he thinks the grass is going to be greener on the other side. So he gets a very favorable matchup in Daly. Fought him like a pussy. When Douglas <laughs> when Douglas Lima fought Daly, he stood up and banged with Lima. There's only two men that have successfully stood up and banged with Paul Daly, Nick Diaz, and Douglas Lima. Rory tried, you know, Rory had his sloppy-ass single, and, you know, he took down Daly. Daly, Daly thought he was going to come out there and fight. Daly didn't know that he was, uh, you know what I'm saying? But uh, fight. that's fine. But guess what? Douglas Lima's got a good butterfly sweep. If he does get taken down with that shitty-ass single, I think he's going to get back up to his feet, something that Paul Daly couldn't do. And on the feet, we're going to bust him up. When we land to his nose one time, when we break that nose... I don't know if you guys recall, but this is Rory's quote. This ain't my quote, Shaq. Rory said these exact words. When I get hit on my nose, my mind tells me I should go down. So you guys are telling me a minus 230 is a guy with the mentality that when he gets hit really hard, his his fucking brain tells him that he should go down? Like, like you guys want to fuck with that? This guy's damaged goods. There's a reason Sean didn't re-sign him. There's a reason the UFC didn't want him no more because they know that he's not going to be a fucking world do? champion. Give, give six figures to this guy? Yeah, we're going to raise this guy's pay? Okay, <laughs> motherfucker, please. So now... Take your fucking 50 sponsors, shut the fuck up, take your ass whooping, and then we'll see what you got. Now, then you can fight Fernando Gonzalez. <laughs> then you can fucking fight. Who's Andre, another? Fight Andre. Oh, man. If he fights Andre, bro, <laughs> then he might got to go fight in Ryzen against, like, you know what I'm saying? Then you get a fixed fight in Ryzen. But uh, I think there's going to be an ass whooping. I think Douglas is being completely disrespected. Plus 190 is a joke. How could you disrespect a champ like that? Look, if Rory comes out here, takes him down, keeps him down, grounds him, pounds him, because that is the way that he'll win if he wins, then, oh, my God, much respect. Tip my cap to the new champ. But You're the best welterweight in the world. Yeah. You're the best welterweight, yeah, you're the best welterweight in, the in the world because you beat fucking Woodley a million years ago. But look, man, I I don't think he's hold, I don't think he's holding down uh, Douglas. I don't think he's going to elbow Douglas into oblivion. I think he's going to try to get that single leg. I think when he gets shuck and he starts eating a couple calf kicks, gets that nose broken, then he's going to realize why, uh, you know, why he wanted out of the first title fight he was in. So history will repeat itself. And still, the Bellator champion of the world, Douglas, the Phenom, Lima, going to bring that belt back to ATL because motherfuckers say uh, Georgia teams can't win championships. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Athens teams can't. Maybe the Falcons blow it sometimes. But we do have a champion, and his name is Douglas Lima, my friends. 
Now, main event of the evening, which we just talked about the main event, but you know, <laughs> but as you know, Bellator is on that shit where they're putting a three round fight between two washed up vets as their main event. So, Quentin Rampage Jackson's minus 165. The comeback on Chael Sonnen is plus 155. And, uh, I mean, I think we know the deal here. Either Chael's going to lay on him for three, or uh, Rampage's going to land the bigger shots, potentially put him out, or win a decision. Yeah, man. Uh, I haven't even seen Rampage's last fight against King Mo, so I can't even really comment. This is a fight I want nothing to do with. I'm going to sit back, watch these two old, faded vets, two legends of the sport, get it on, man. I think Rampage probably catches him. Uh, with a punch. I mean, we saw his last fight against Vanderlei where he went out. He went out, but Vanderlei is such a driver and old and can't get up from bottom. And Rampage can't either, honestly. So it's a 50 50 fight, man. I'm going to go with Rampage, though. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that actually the fact that Rampage put on some size will be beneficial here because before for that King Mo fight, he put on size by eating a bunch of hot dogs. But for <laughs> this fight, he put on size. I, I say he's been hitting that gym, man, because the dude's looking ripped as fuck. And I think he will have a nice base to stop those takedowns. I think Chael is coming in for that paycheck. And look, either Chael's going to lay on him for three like he did to Vanderlei, but you got to remember, Vanderlei was coming off like a goddamn four-year layoff. I, I don't think he's going to be able to lay on Rampage like other people have in the past. I, I think he's going to get hit with some big shots. And uh, you know I got my boy Quentin Rampage Jackson on this one, man. So uh, I'm going to go with Rampage. I'm not sure if it's a knockout or decision, though. And, and if Chael wins, it's going to be a very boring fight. And Bellator will realize why why they made a huge mistake making that the main event over the real main event, Douglas versus Rory. But look, I, I'm going to go with my boy Rampage just because I don't think Chael want to be there anymore. And I don't think Chael is really a real fighter. I just think he's a dominant wrestler that was able to find a way to win fights, whereas Rampage is a fighter from the day he was born to the day he dies. So I'm going to go with Rampage Jackson. Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the fighter to watch and the fight to watch. So what is the fight to watch for Bellator 192? I mean, the fight to watch, in my opinion, is Michael Chandler and Gordy Yamauchi. There's a lot of stakes riding on Chandler's career. He has to win these next two fights if he wants to be in the UFC. And... Gordy Yamauchi could spoil the, the party. Uh, Gordy's young, improving constantly. Um, Chandler leads a lot of openings. Chandler is also a fucking tank to handle in that first round. And um, that's my fight to watch. I want to see who uh, goes now. Yeah, great fight to watch. Look, my fight to watch is obvious. It's the ATL Championship. Douglas Lima versus Rory McDonald, man. I, I, I got to see Rory limping from those calf kicks. I got to see Rory get that nose broken for the millionth time. I got to see all this bullshit about, oh, now grass is greener on the other side, but now only two people want to sponsor him. Like, you know, Benson Henderson was talking about how, oh, now he's going to get 50 sponsors, but then he's only making 10K to show him. Belt so, you know, these show. motherfuckers got to realize the hard way. I think Rory will realize the hard way, and that is my fight to watch, man. So who is your fighter to watch for Beltro 192 my fighter to watch is Douglas Lima I mean like I said if he wins this fight in my opinion he is the best welterweight on planet earth I think that if he wins this fight he beat a guy that beat Woodley and I think that Andre Korshkov his former opponent is on that level as well um I think that if he wins this fight he's an instant legend he's an instant superstar and I mean maybe he might want to stick it to Bellator for uh, taking taking him off the main event. I mean, come over come over to the uh, UFC. Yeah, you know, speaking of which, uh I know my boy Manny I know my boy Manny Sanchez might be coming over soon, but look, uh Douglas ain't going to put on a show about oh they they, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a fuck if he's the co or main event. I know I know Rory was in shock. I know that Rory thought he was getting red carpet treatment. Rory 
No one gives a shit about you, man. And it's funny how all these little fucking fanboys are going to come at me. Now, that's fine. Come at me. What happened when he <laughs> fought for the title the first time? He, f- he got hit in the nose and went down. So I don't give me any bullshit. The dude ain't a future world champion. The dude ain't the next GSP like you motherfuckers. This is a guy that got dropped by Mike Guyman. I know he also beat Tyron Woodley. And I know <laughs> I, I know we're having fun here talking shit. This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm having a blast. But uh, Douglas Lima is the fighter to watch. I cannot wait to see the look in Rory's face when he gets hit with that first calf kick. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday, Bellator 192. I, I cannot fucking wait, man. They can follow you at MMA Genius 05. They can follow me at Best Fight Picks if they want our plays. Make sure you go to maxbetseason.com. Make sure you go to bestfightpicks.com. We got a max bet for UFC 220. Got a big play for UFC 220. And got a a little something for Bellator cooked up too. So make sure you hit us up. Best Fight Picks, MMA Genius 05. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.